Welcome to Therapize Podcast. This is your host, Guy Hernandez, licensed marriage and family therapist in the California Bay Area. And today we are providing actually a a bonus episode that is basically a part two or an extended version of uh, last week, last week's episode on the anxiety trap. So essentially this is the anxiety trap 2.0. And in today's episode, what we look at is uh, when we're faced with anxiety and and maybe a stress-inducing situation, are we falling into patterns of escaping? Um, or either way, we we find ways to escape. It may be through uh, different forms of distractions. So I, I break it down in two forms, either the anxious escapers and the anxious doers. And briefly what that looks like is um, the anxious escapers getting into more isolative um, behavioral patterns and more maybe idle and passive ways to distract themselves, whether it be through um, engaging in uh, excessive technology use, TV, gaming, uh, computers, etc. Um, and the anxious doers uh, kind of filling up their time with uh, maybe a lot of activities, hobbies, uh, social engagements, providing less time to kind of sit with maybe some discomfort that that they're they're trying to avoid. So all of this is really is about our uh, some of the patterns we may engage in that um, lead to us avoiding whatever level of discomfort or conflict we're experiencing in our life, and uh, briefly look at just trying to adjust and shift that pattern. All right, well, this is uh, our bonus episode, um, Anxiety Trap 2.0, Anxious Escapers and Anxious Doers. Enjoy the show. Welcome to part one of our anxiety trap continued episode where we look at avoidance tactics in the forms of doers and escapers and I'll explain that here shortly. But before we do that, I just actually wanted to kind of just look at this pattern of active avoidance and essentially it's it's trying to fulfill our lives with distractions so that uh, we can kind of stop the, the discomfort or maybe the... Uh, the excessive thoughts, running thoughts that are going through our minds, and and remember, remembering kind of the underlying fear that's uh, part of the anxiety experience is this underlying fear of thinking of a potential outcome, which doesn't actually exist. It's you know it's just imagined in our mind, and remember the anxiety. That's what anxiety in our brain is to is designed to do is to pay attention to. Uh, potential outcomes and ensure that we're safe but like we talked about this this alarm system that can uh, trigger anxiety it might not always be in the most adaptive situations so thinking of, thinking of this entire episode in terms of how are we avoiding the stress in our lives are we active doers are you engaging in an active doing 
kind of pattern or in a are you an you know an active escaper well first we're going to start off with um, the escaping kind of uh, pattern or style think in terms of if you if you experience anxiety as this this discomfort in your body maybe in your stomach in your chest and maybe some racing thoughts and you're perseverating and thinking over and over again about something well finding ways to escape that that could be through um, looking on social media or playing some games on your cell phone watching TV playing other types of games maybe through gossip you know focusing outwardly on other people's difficulties or struggles whether there are people you know or celebrities and whatnot. This could also be through um, self-medication, through substance use. So think of, you know, when you're when you experience that discomfort, how are you, how are you approaching it? Do you ever engage in some of these escape tactics? Maybe it's through fantasizing, getting into maybe uh, some books or different types of movies that kind of help you escape uh, thoughts about yourself or maybe some unhelpful thoughts that are increasing the stress and anxiety. When I work with families and other others in the past and we kind of identify this pattern, we, we find different ways to phrase it, of this avoidance, uh, the, the escaping. Um, sometimes we, we address it as feeling frozen or feeling stuck or paralyzed just by by the excessive thought patterns or just the physical discomfort of anxiety and you can get wrapped up in this whirlwind of of fears about the future if I do this next thing that I'm avoiding of all of the negative outcomes that may come about of it so you just end up kind of frozen and finding ways to escape that thought pattern now the opposite end of that the the you know the anxious escapers there's also the anxious doers so instead of this looking at like someone that's kind of frozen and and stuck maybe they're they're more isolative the opposite would be someone that's a little bit more out there and out, out and outgoing and doing a lot of things whether they're hobbies or projects or filling their time with uh, social uh, different social activities to stay busy because once they slow down um, sometimes that's that's where the discomfort sets in so the aim is to just keep doing 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 uh, all day and kind of wear yourself t tired and then um, and then you have less time to actually sit with the discomfort and the thoughts um, like I said, so this could look like a lot of different things. And it just because I'm saying, you know, maybe you're like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm on my phone a lot or, or I'm one of those people that uh, engages in a lot of social outings or activities. I'm not, not saying uh, that's necessarily a, a bad thing. It, it's really up for you to decide is, uh, and for you to reflect upon is how are you how are you spending your time when when anxiety arises and or stress increases how do you approach it 
and do you do you do some of these tactics and does it in thinking is is it to avoid the stressor is it to avoid um addressing a conflict or sitting with discomfort or is it to to try to stop some of the excessive thought patterns um maybe that that those unhelpful thoughts that keep us kind of circulating in this um, cycle of of fear worry kind of concern and self-doubt and the the other thing with anxiety too is when when we're approached with that stressor so say your stressor is some project you need to do for work or approaching um, improving a family conflict or a conflict within a relationship trying to lose weight getting out of debt when we when we're faced with this stressor what anxiety can do to us is it makes us feel the weight of the entire problem at once or it can well that's what kind of anxiety does is you start imagining all of the work it's going to take and some of those negative thoughts can creep up like oh this is going to take forever or i'm not i can't do it right that's an unhelpful thought i don't know what i'm doing and maybe these thoughts of self-doubt creep up and and that subsequently increase some of the 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 discomfort and then we we go to avoid what in actuality is we can't take on any problem as its whole um we what i mean by that is when we're trying to improve anything in our life we can't just do one thing necessarily and then it's done it it's a process but generally we're getting attached to the 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 outcome of what what we're looking for and we're we're overseeing or looking past the process that it takes simple example is this idea of losing weight even let's just say you're like, hey i want to lose 20 pounds um uh, you start trying to go to the gym uh, every day for a week and and eat better and then by the end of the week maybe you lost a pound or you didn't lose any weight and then it's this disappointment sets in look i tried i, I started doing something different and the you know i'm i'm still in the same situation but you you it is a process so whatever whatever change you're looking for in your life it's going to take consistency and some patience flexibility adaptability and some tolerance and the the tolerance being the big thing the tolerance being being able to tolerate disappointment for one if those outcomes aren't uh if the outcome isn't what you expected or hoped for and on the other end being able to tolerate the discomfort and distress another phrase that i think of too in in approaching you know anxiety producing situations if we're trying to uh, help a family uh, develop and better their skills together they can they can keep finding ways to to avoid this problem whether whether whatever distractions the, a family might be introducing into their life but i have to remind them that not all not all of the progress can be made in one day you know we're just trying to 
pinpoint what's one thing you can do that would move you in the direction uh, towards that improvement and towards that growth. So what we're going to do when we come back in part two is we're going to look at uh, kind of a few phrases and, and ideas of how to start moving the direction into action in our life because if we want any change in any improvement in our life we actually actually have to do literally do something differently. So we'll take a quick break. Uh, one phrase I want to leave you with uh, at the end of this first half is that growth sacrifices comfortability and comfortability sacrifices growth. So what I mean by that is if you want to grow in any area of your life you're going to have to expose yourself to some discomfort. If you want to remain comfortable then you're going to sacrifice growth. Alright, we'll be right back. Alright, welcome back to part two. In this part, we're going to look at a little bit of the application and a couple of couple of techniques to start addressing maybe some of our avoidance. Uh, the first one I want to start with actually is this idea of successive approximation. What that means is uh, when we talked about in terms of setting a goal and or looking at some some growth in some area or something to overcome instead of taking on the whole thing at once is just looking at what's one small step you can do that would work towards that goal. So if you're an avoider or you know uh, uh, the uh, escaper maybe procrastinator um, what we do is like when I've worked with students in the past that would avoid uh, homework task because it'd be too overwhelming and then maybe they got assigned a huge project or a paper to write and instead of trying to go okay let's just write this whole thing like could you at least sit down at the computer could you type your name can you type the class can you type the title of the paper can you write one sentence and the idea behind this is to get them out of that frozen stuckness and just do something different, just break the pattern and start with something that they can succeed with, that they feel comfortable with, a small step. And then once you do one small step, you can start adding and so forth. And before you know it, you can develop this process of, of actually engaging in it instead of finding ways to escape or avoid whatever the stressful task is. So we, if we apply this to some sort of, let's say, social anxiety, maybe a, some fear to maybe attend a social gathering or to attend school or whatever it might be, what we would look at doing is is not trying to attach ourselves to the outcome, like I mentioned earlier, of going, you got to go to this party, but let's say the person was struggling with even coming out of their room or getting out of bed. We'd start there. Hey, can you just sit up? Can you take a step towards the door? Um, and then you know each with each success, and maybe that's that's it for the day. Is okay. Look, you got out of room. We'll start with that, and then you keep working these small steps and increasing this exposure and tolerance to the to the stressful situation or the stressful stimuli, whatever it is that we're trying to escape or avoid. 
similarly with uh let's say in a relationship that people are avoiding a certain conflict or or topic that needs to be discussed it's like well can you guys just sit together and maybe just say one one thing about the topic and with that without the outcome that it it needs to be solved but can you just sit down and acknowledge that you're struggling can you just sit down together can you just sit down together and talk about something other than whatever the problem is can you share uh, a warm moment together now the other idea I want to bring up too and it kind of applies to that uh, it applies to everything I was just saying actually is this idea of opposite action and this is a, a certain therapeutic technique and but the idea behind it is that when we are faced with that resistance that internal resistance of something we want to avoid or escape that we we look at doing the opposite okay so instead of avoiding the paper it's just start moving just start working on the paper doesn't mean we're going to it's going to be this perfect thing or that we're going to finish it all in one sitting but just start doing something similarly with your, if you're in a relationship and there's you're constantly avoiding uh, talking about anything that maybe has an, an emotional impact is start talking more start getting more engaged in your emotions maybe you're avoiding maybe you're approaching these on the other end if you're on the, having that kind of fight response you the opposite action idea would be to instead of approaching with some intensity is approaching a conversation with some calmness but anyways we're f mostly focused on this our avoidance in this this episode here now those examples I gave are more of the people that are the the anxious escapers or so the the ones feeling kind of frozen or stuck or paralyzed um, feeling maybe finding ways to fill their time in more passive ways uh, sleeping gaming watching TV kind of more isolative distractions that can keep us from thinking about the problem and start to break those habits do the opposite and start moving all right now in regards to the anxious doers what's interesting about the anxious doers is that um, they're kind of harder to spot it might be hard to spot in yourself because our society really rewards the people that, that that produce that go out there and make something and are very productive in a, in a certain extent now I'm not not suggesting that's bad I'm, right this it's only only you can identify this as something that is a conflict it's only if it is a conflict in your life it's a pattern that can become one it may or may not be one in your life if you're thinking about it but something to think about so the anxious doers is instead of filling themselves with idle distractions will like I said will fill themselves with um, more active distractions hobbies maybe taking on overtime at work staying really busy engaging in more social activities so we apply this uh, idea of it, it, let's say there was a conflict and that they were avoiding whether it be with a partner or just be with themselves maybe they struggle to slow down maybe 
their anxiety increases when they they're just with themselves so the idea of opposite action was having them start to slow down re reduce some of the uh, the time that they're spending in these other distractions and get more and more comfortable just being in their own in their own skin like i said if if this were to be a conflict that come up being able to tolerate when um you can't control an outcome and that and that's kind of a theme that that i've come across with the anxious doers is that um and you think about it in terms of anxiety and uh some ways to manage it, we're, usually we're aiming to try to control something in the immediacy so that we can feel a little bit more at ease because the the idea of anxiety coming up right it's it's this fear about something we can't control so we aim to control something um, for the escapers right you control your environment put yourself away in the room um, get lost in a screen the anxious doers is get lost in a project get lost in something you can physically manipulate in the moment and have this uh, predictable outcome and you know it can it can feel good and rewarding to to engage in something and and have this predictable outcome but then what hap what happens when you hit a situation you can't control you know are you able to tolerate it can you tolerate the stillness and one of the primary things that we can't control in our life is our relationships with others or how they feel or how they may respond to to us. So thinking in terms of both uh, our examples of you know anxious escapers and anxious doers in response to anxiety, both can can kind of bring about uh, if, if we dig a little deeper sometimes that that self-doubt or that feeling inadequate um, in relationship to others if we keep ourselves busy um, we don't have to maybe get any any deeper into things and if we keep or distracted with you know hobbies project work etc and if we keep ourselves distracted with our phones or our screens or social media or if we're you know isolating and not going out into the outside world okay, because it's too difficult to avoiding a task um, you know under, underneath that yeah it's kind of maybe that feeling of inadequacy if I put myself out there if you're an escaper if I put myself out there how will I be judged how will I be measured and or criticized and then if you're an anxious doer you know you're doing things that you're probably competent at that will bring reward you with some some level of, of self-esteem but on the other hand, how are your personal relationships? Are you avoiding getting too deep in those by f filling all of your time with um, external activities and missing the time to connect with those people most important in your life? All right, so that's just something to think about. And like I said, this is this for you to reflect upon and see if you can make connections to your own life there's levels of distress in your in your life that you're finding a way to avoid either through some escape tactics or through some you know active doing um, either way could they can both serve as distractions from us feeling and experiencing our maybe our own level of discomfort 
or or to try to shut shut away and shut down maybe some unhelpful and negative thinking patterns and you know to because we're uncomfortable feeling uncomfortable and that's a that's a big thing i talk with uh with families about and individuals about is is we we get this when we experience anxiety we get this physical sensation and then we fear that sensation it's almost like we interpret it as that we're we're wrong or flawed in that moment versus just being able to sit with it and go this is just a feeling and it doesn't mean anything more than that all right well take some more time to reflect we'll come back with a quick conclusion and update on the state of the podcast all right talk to you in a sec Thanks for listening to my Anxiety Trap 2.0 episode, my bonus episode following up to uh, last episode, The Anxiety Trap. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to remind you that, you know, that that those feelings of anxiety of that um, we feel the weight of the entire problem and that we have to um, overcome it all at once, like getting out of debt, it's like we can't just get out of it with one action and um, it, it takes time and consistency and being thoughtful and mindful, similarly to losing weight or improving a relationship. Um, any area of growth we have is that it, there's a lot of little steps that it takes uh, to to make progress and to to make improvements and to grow. And what anxiety can do is it could present this this huge wall or mountain in front of us and we feel like we have to climb it all at that one uh with one you know move and then that that feeling can be overwhelming and either like it's like this whole episode was about is in which ways do we uh, avoid it you know are we engaging in more escape tactics or more active doing you know both forms of distractions both forms of finding ways to control our immediate environment um and to maybe avoid and escape the things that we have less control over, like you know our relationships, or just like anything that that is out of that is out of our control, which is a lot of things. Finding more comfort and just being able to be and be okay with that, with wherever you're at now, and what little step could you take towards the next goal, and detaching ourselves from outcomes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, quick update on last episode. I mentioned we would be having our first guest talking about attachment theory. Unfortunately, we're having some current scheduling conflicts, but um, that is still in the near future. Um, in the more maybe immediate future, we're still looking at getting an episode out on codependency and mindfulness before um, we get to our first workshop uh, the five-part series on breaking down each key to effective communication that was previously addressed in episode three. All right, and don't forget that this is an informational podcast. It is not uh, intended for any self-diagnosing or for any 
to replace any mental health service or any treatment you may may need. If you are in need of any men, mental health treatment, please seek it out in your area. Um, hopefully this has been informative and I provided you a time to reflect. Um, also, hoping to alter the way uh, I'm running the website. I was initially going to be putting up episodes, but actually I'm looking at trying to create some short tutorial videos that relate directly to the podcast that I, I do with some of the families or individuals I work with. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to have some of those quick tutorials and quick tips in video format up in the near future. I'll keep you all updated on how that goes. Other than that, this has been Therapize Podcast and your host Guy Hernandez, and talk to you next time.